Hey guys, so I wasn't going to record today, but then I was like, you know what, I had something to say, and I was like, why not? Um, and then I was like, yeah, it's just going to be a quick few minutes, and then here I am on the second take, and I'm just going to like, you know, this is just going to be the, the, you know, the last one, because I'm it's late. Um, but one thing I really wanted to talk about was the, um, I guess, the, the concept of what I call linguistic reinforcement. And what this is essentially is... Um, when let's just say a population has the language and maybe there it's a bilingual population maybe there's a preferred language and then there's obviously for there to be a preferred language there has to be a second language right and that second language maybe can be reinforced by another population that has maybe this that second language as their main language right and i'm just kind of looking at um things and i've been observing things and like interactions in the caribbean and i actually um traveled to the caribbean last year and i went to saint lucia and martinique and i definitely saw that and i really saw firsthand how close they are i literally i went from like one island to another in a in a boat <laughs> and it didn't take that long um, I think it was like what an hour or so. Um, so this is like an, like showing you how close some of the islands are. And what we're seeing is that um, if you don't know, St. Lucia is an Anglophone island. I don't um, remember the history uh, off the back of my hand right now, but um, I'm pretty sure they were once owned by France and then eventually um, it, pro it did probably go back and forth a bit. Um, eventually they... Uh, were under the British rule and they got their independence from Britain. So they are an Anglophone country. Um, but we see that about 80% of the population uh, there speaks Creole, which is an impressive number. Um, just to put that into its perspective, only about 80 to 85% of the, of the people who live in the U.S. speak English, which is kind of insane, but here we are, right? Um, so that's a lot of people, and definitely when I went there, I heard people speaking Creole, um, uh, multiple people actually, um, casual conversations in Creole even. And I think I even saw a man who was a Creole monolingual because he somebody was speaking to him in English and he just like paused and then responded in Creole and then the person switched to Creole to, you know, so he could understand, I guess. And I was like, that's crazy to say how long, um, you know, there has been like this Anglophone I guess, um, linguistic context in St. Lucia to say that somebody was a Creole monolingual. Definitely like to hear um, um, people who are from there or whatever, if they've ever um, heard of that, if that's common or whatever. Um, but that's that's pretty impressive, right? Um, and, you know, so um, what I've realized in terms of like the linguistic uh, reinforcement is that St. Lucia, if you know, um, like I kind of mentioned, it's right next to Martinique, which we know is a French island. It is part of France, right? Um, they are also very Creole. Um, a lot of people there, the Creole is their first um, language. And maybe if you have people who are very old, they might be Creole monolinguals in Martinique. I, I've, um, I, I, th I think so, but usually most people um, do um, know French there. Um, but that really... It, first of all, it creates a market, right? Um, if you look at like the music industry, for example, I, I've seen like more and more of St. Lucian artists make music in Creole. And guess what? Now the song can be understood by people in Martinique. And I've seen so many people in Martinique just playing Lucian music. 
And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And I've seen so many artists go there to perform and vice versa, even to a certain extent. And that I think really kind of reinforces because it's now, you know, like think about this. Like if you're growing up in St. Lucia, I've even heard people on a side note that have said they've just learned Creole, not from their home, but just from uh, hearing it in the streets, hearing it in school and stuff like that. Um, but that makes sense. Like if you're in St. Lucia and maybe um, you are, you know, because of that kind of connection, that interaction with Martinique, who's the, you know, the neighboring island, maybe you meet, maybe you go there because it's a short trip. Maybe you meet someone who is um, Creolophone and that's going to maybe, uh, it's going to be a drive to make you um, speak the language, learn the language more, or even learn it if you don't. Um, or you're going to hear um, maybe in the, I don't know, like the the TV shows or the, the comedy, you know, like uh, not maybe on TV, but, you know, definitely, you know, how we have these, uh, the YouTubes and stuff like that. And people might speak it a little bit there. Um, uh, definitely uh, in music, and you're going to want to understand that. So that's going to reinforce and provide a sort of like impetus f- to make you want to um, speak Creole and pass it on. Um, in, I guess, an analogous fashion, we have um, St. Lucia's sister island. They usually call themselves like, you know, the best friends. We have Dominica, same situation. They were French at one point, eventually became under British rule. Um, so they, Dominica is an Anglophone country, but then still uh, the majority of the population um, does speak a French-based Creole as well. And if you know where Dominica is, it's right next to Guadeloupe. And so I, I believe that provides a sense of you know reinforcement. I've even heard some people uh, say that a lot of people in Dominique uh, move to Guadeloupe uh, because guess what? Now you you take that short boat ride, and now you uh, if you get you know you move there, now you are in France, and you have all the benefits of being in the European Union and such. Um, and uh, some people go and go to school there. I've seen a lot, a lot of Dominican people um, in Guadeloupe just casually for events, performing there. Um, and and I definitely think you know they're gonna. Uh, bring that back, and and there's it's the same thing that kind of goes on, um, where there's going to be that sort of cultural diffusion, cultural interaction that could definitely reinforce the Creole um, populations that are in Dominica, right? Because you know I kind of think of it as like uh, Saint Lucia and Dominica are kind of like you know Creole girls that grew up in the UK, <laughs> right? You know, so they're like you know you know they're British, but. If we were to talk about, like, what are they on the inside? They are Creole on the inside. And that's, that's you know, and that's why the Creole culture and language is just, like, preserved there, right? Um, and I think, you know, this whole concept of linguistic, um, you know, uh, reinforcement. I mean, we did see in the past in Louisiana when we had, like, the Haitian Revolution uh, between 1790 and 1810, a large number of people from Saint-Domingue, uh, which would later um, become Haiti, a lot of the, those people migrated to Louisiana, which reinforced both the Creole and French languages. Because guess what? Now you have people who are speaking it. Now you have more people to talk to in those languages. Now you have people who that's their primary language. So they're going to encourage you to speak it. Maybe you need to speak it to communicate with them because they don't even know any other language, right? So that definitely reinforced things um, 
in the past, but now I feel that unfortunately the Louisiana Creole community is, um, you know, uh, the the heartland of uh, the Creole phone community in Louisiana is in, uh, you know, the rural, you know, South Central Southwest regions of the state. And guess what? A lot of them are, uh, you know, as you would attribute, uh, you know, um, rural populations, they're very insular, you know, very to themselves, very kind of secluded, kind of in their own worlds and stuff like that. And they don't really interact with these other people. And I think they would have a lot in common with other people um, like Dominique, uh, the Dominicans and St. Lucians who were, you know, they are Creole too, and also very Anglophone. So that could, you know, provide a lot of like cultural um, diffusion. And even if they were to interact with extremely Creole places like Haiti, that could even, you know, definitely. Um, but I think, you know, there's this high idea of being, you know, this separatist idea that's really kind of like a big thing. Um, and not separatist, like they want to be separate from the U.S. per se, but just like kind of like, oh, you know, I, I just want to interact. Louisiana Creole, Louisiana Creole, everybody's else. I don't want to talk to those Caribbeans, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, the thing is, it's kind of like, well, they have Creole culture that's vibrant, flourishing. The young people speak it and everything. I've heard even um, children speaking it in St. Lucia. Um, whereas in uh, Louisiana, you'll be lucky in some places if you even find elders who know it. And uh, good luck finding someone in Gen Z who speaks Louisiana Creole because it's like, <laughs> and I'm not just, I'm not saying there's no one, but I'm just saying that you, if you look at your numbers compared to um, other places, the, you know, the Creole culture, the Creole language is far more spoken and the, there's no reinforcement. And so guess what's going to happen? The language in Louisiana is going to continue to die. Um, but that's just like, you know, I think linguistic reinforcement is a really cool concept. I'm going to end it here. Bye, guys.